Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. We're in this series today, uh, uh, the last few weeks, called Kingdom Builders. And that's our theme for this whole year. We might not always preach about this theme, but that's our theme for this whole year, Kingdom Builders. And we believe as Christians, we're called to build God's kingdom. We're called to, to live it out every day, not just talk about it in here, but when we leave this place, that so we go and build his kingdom brick by brick, and we build our life on his firm foundation. So today, uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, we did kingdom builders. Listen. Last week we did Kingdom Builders, praying fast. Man, who had a great week this week? Fasting, praying. You're like, fasting? No, <laughs> wasn't me. Um, we prayed here early. We did worship nights, prayer nights. It was amazing, seriously. Uh, if you missed this one, hey, it's all right. We'll do one again soon. But this week, listen for you. got to look up here. This week, we're t- saying Kingdom Builders are blessed. What do you think? I bought this shirt just for y'all today. Kingdom builders are blessed. Have you ever have you ever gone on social media and they do this hashtag thing, right? Right. It started on Twitter and then for some reason someone tried to do it on Facebook, but it's not how it works on Facebook. But there's this thing called a hashtag. For those of you that aren't in that thing, that's okay. You're actually more blessed than we are. I can guarantee you that. Isn't that right? Those of you that aren't on social media. So what it is, is there's, a, there's this thing called a hashtag. Back in the day, this was a number sign. Not, in, no, not anymore. It changed. They changed it. They changed it on us, okay? Now it's a hashtag. So you can just type in blessed. So I typed in blessed this week on Twitter. And I was like, okay, who's blessed this week? Because people are always saying everything's blessed, right? I got an extra chicken nugget in my 10-piece. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> You just stole a chicken nugget from McDonald's. You didn't, you didn't steal it. They gave it to you. But I went on there and I, and I saw leading up to the, to the Super Bowl, um, I saw this on Twitter. And you'll see it up there at the top, the, the right there. I know we got some Patriots fans. We'll pray for you. It's okay. It's all right. Um, but, but he said, we've been working since April for this moment. Hashtag blessed. This guy's a 23-year-old running back from Orlando. He's playing today in the big, the big game, right? So, so don't worry. I'm not going for that team, but I just wanted to show you. We, we, get, we get the best parking lot at Walmart, and we say, hashtag blessed, Right? We use these things that really, you could drive up to Walmart at any moment of the day and get a good parking spot. I don't know if it means you're blessed or not, but I'm kind of making fun of it a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it's funny, this word, we, we throw it around, this word blessed, quite often, don't we? Maybe, maybe you have, and I, I have. And so today we're going to kind of dig deep into, I believe Christians are blessed, but it looks a little different from how I just explained it. it. It doesn't always look that way because you can have a Christian who has trouble their whole life and I believe that you're blessed. Right? Blessed doesn't mean you have the best house in town or the nicest car. Right? Obviously a Ford pickup. Just because you don't have one of those doesn't mean you're not blessed. Right? You could have a Dodge or, or a GMC or something and 
and uh, you'd still be blessed because you're a son and daughter of the living God, right? So, so blessing, we're going to be talking about blessings. People tend to correlate material things, right, with blessing, which partially they are. If God provides our need, that's a, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Um, earthly possessions, though, can almost choke can choke out our desire for God because we're always hunting down these, these earthly blessings and it can choke out our view and it'll, it'll kind of put up a barrier between us and the Lord. So look what it says in Luke 8.14 today. It says, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who, who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, the trouble, Riches and pleasure, and they do not mature, right? So, so we got to be careful that we're not correlating what we have material-wise with our blessing from the Lord. Amen? And I'm not saying it's bad to have nice stuff, okay? That's okay. That's okay. Um, but let us not live out our life worrying about that material thing. Because you know what? The material stuff is all going to go away someday. You've already noticed it in your life. Like, man, I really love that shirt, but it's so bad now that I can't wear it. Man, this, this vehicle wore out. You know, my house needs repair all the time. Everything other than our soul and God himself is going to wear out someday. Even this body that we live in, one day will wear out and we'll pass from this life to the next. And so... We have to remember it's not about the material blessings, it's about the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. If we do what culture does, right? Because culturally, material, it's all about the material thing, right? The next big thing. The next iPhone, right? Every, there was for the first little while of the iPhone, is that you bought it every year. Right now, my wife she won't buy the next one. The screen's broken on it. She's like, I'm keeping this one. I'm not spending any more money. I don't need the next best thing. But if you do what culture does, you'll get what culture gets. And if you look on if you look on the news, if you look on social media, you'll be like, I don't I don't want to be part of what culture is getting back from what they're putting in to their life. And you know what? A lot of times we compare, don't we? Anybody compare? We compare. We go on those social medias and we, we look and we're, we're comparing ourselves with other people. I wish I had what they had. I wish I look how they look. They spent three hours looking like that. Right? It's a big lie. <laughs> they look just like you. Awesome. Right? Stop comparing your blessing. Start preparing for His blessing. Amen. God wants us to not compare our blessing. He wants us to prepare for his blessing. And that's why we have things like we just had was a week of prayer and fasting. Because we're preparing for what God wants to do in and through us. What does Jesus say about being blessed? We're going we're gonna to look at that today. Um, but in America, a lot of times, okay, we measure our blessing with our material wealth rather than our spiritual health. 
All right, write that down. So if you grab your bulletin today, you can write some notes in there. I want to say that again for you so you can, so you can get it in you. Um, in America, we measure our blessing with our material wealth rather than our spiritual health. Are we healthy in the spirit? That doesn't mean you're perfect. But that means, hey, I'm humble. I'm, I'm reading my word. I'm going after the Lord. I'm praying. I'm spending time with him. So today, we're going to, if you want to open your Bible, we're going to focus um, on this, on this uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the very beginning. So the last few weeks, we've been, we've been looking at Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's this sermon that Jesus taught people. They came, he spoke, but this is the very first thing that, that he spoke. And so, um, if you want to open up to Matthew 5, 1 to 11, I'm going to read this for us today, and we're going to then jump in and, and, and talk about this for a little bit. It says here, Matthew 5, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed, or some folks say blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, at this moment, Jesus is flipping the world upside down. Right? Because at that time, the folks that he was talking to primarily were Jewish people. And their blessings came from their genealogy. Hey, what tribe are you in? You know, I'm the tribe of Benjamin. Okay, cool. They would, their blessing came from their genealogy. It's like, hey, I've been in frostproof 150 years. Yeah, I own this. I run this town. No. But their, their blessing came uh, from genealogy, from their wealth, how many animals they had, how much land they had. And Jesus came and he's flipping the script and he wants to do it for us today too. Listen. Listen to this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Have you ever... It's like poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That could be gentle or humble, meek, mild. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What's the next one? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, there's a whole lot of blessing flowing around here, isn't there? So imagine Jesus is there standing, and he's about to, to preach a message, and he's about to kind of get on some people in this message. It goes on to talk about all sorts of relationship issues. It goes on to talk about praying and fasting and being devoted to the Lord. But he's starting it out with, hey, blessed if you're in this category. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say any, all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. 
For in the same way, they persecute the prophets who were before you. Let's pray together today. Lord, we thank you today for this message. We thank you that we are people uh, of your word. We pray that your word would speak to us. It wouldn't be my opinion, but it would be yours by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and the, and the church said, amen, amen. amen. Listen, in all these situations, God is saying you are blessed. Like, I want to be blessed, right? So we need, to, we need to allow the Lord to speak to us today by His Holy Spirit and say, God, am I thinking of blessed the wrong way? How am I blessed? You know, we're, we're all, if we're, if we're following God, we're going to live a blessed life. Not what culture tells us, but what the Bible tells us. That he's promised, I said it earlier, promised to never leave us nor forsake us. That he's, that he's our provider, right? That, that he is our soon and coming savior. He's our prince of peace. Imagine if, if all else failed, we have him. And that's blessing in and of itself. Amen? So he's flipping the script. Uh, all right, man, I'm going to ask you a question. And you don't have to answer it out loud, but when you went to go um, propose to your soon, the, the, the wife-to-be, did you go to the mother and father and ask for their blessing? All right, okay. A couple of us, all right. Was it scary? <laughs> so think about this back long a long time ago this started this tradition started way back with the Romans and like so let's say me I want to marry Tara I go to Tara's dad and give him a gold coin now I'm not paying for Tara obviously that would be really expensive <laughs> Because she's awesome. She's so beautiful. But I go with this gold coin and it signifies, I need your blessing to marry. I, I actually, um, Tara, you, you all probably know Rose is Tara's mom. And John's uh, Tara's stepdad and her dad passed away a long time ago. Uh, her dad actually fought in World War II in Germany. He's and uh, he was a principal in, at Hardy and a football coach. But her dad wasn't around. So I asked Rose for, for the blessing uh, to marry Tara. I didn't, I didn't give you any money, did I? I don't think. Okay. Um, but back in the day, that was a tradition of, of the blessing. And so nowadays, it's more of a verbal thing, right? But let's think about that in God's kingdom for a minute. Do you think that God is a God who will give his blessing on something or not? I believe he is. And so if we're not doing the right things in our life and we're not repentive of those and we're not on the right page, you know what? His blessing will not be in your life. And that's a hard one to, to, to take in sometimes, isn't it? So he is saying, hey, Listen, if this is you, you are blessed. If you're someone who, back in verse uh, 
Number eight says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They're blessed because they're pure in heart. God, help me to be pure in heart because I want your blessing to rest in my life. Some of you are on this road like, man, I can't get a break. I work hard, I do this, and yet I still have, I still am in struggling with this. You know what might be a deal breaker in your life? Is you're not putting God at the center of your life. And he's saying, well, I can't bless what Landon's doing because he's not doing it. Right? It's like the umbrella, right? I think I did this a long time ago. You got this umbrella. And you put your finances, your blood, everything that you have uh, into God's kingdom, everything that, that, that you own, your, your time, your talent, your treasure, and God's saying, okay, I'm blessing what he's doing. Right? That makes sense? All right. Let's jump, let's jump in here. We're going to go through a few points if you want to write them down. Awesome. Uh, I, wa- I want us to see what, what God's kingdom calls a blessed life, right? Because we talked about Twitter. We talked about everybody else's ideas of a blessed life, the extra nugget in our, in our Happy Meal and all those things. I still get Happy Meals. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so number one, a blessed life requires intentionality. Everybody say intentionality. Elbow your neighbor and say, yeah. Yeah. Intentionality. Good. Um, Have you ever climbed a mountain before? Anybody ever climb a mountain, go hiking, climb something? I know there's no mountains in Florida, so everybody's like kind of looking at me. When I was younger, I used to climb this mountain every so often in Maine. It's in this, in the Baxter State Park, the Mount Katahdin. And uh, it was, it was about a mile high. In, in Maine, you're almost at sea level. So you're going up 50, 54, 5,500 feet above sea level and you're climbing and it's some work. But you know what happens before I get there? I pack my bag. I prepare that I'm going to go and hike and climb up this mountain. I don't just show up that day and be like, no, I'm just going to climb the mountain. All right? I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to bring any food. I'm not going to prepare for anything. No, I was intentional about going and climbing the mountain. You know what? It was the middle of September when we climbed it one time. And you know what? I wasn't fully prepared. We get to the, this September, right? We get to, to the alpines, which is you get to the top where there's no more vegetation except for this, these little shrubs that are along the ground. And we get there and it starts snowing. And me and my buddies, we have t-shirts on. And somebody brought a towel, so I have a picture of my friend, and, and he has like this towel wrapped around his head. So we're like, we didn't get to the top because guess what? We were not prepared for the snow. So we had to go back down. And we had gone 80% of the way. But we were not intentional about our preparation for the trip. Look at, let's look at this scripture together. Psalm, Psalm 24 uh, Psalm 24, verse 3 to 6, says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Now he's asking a question. Who is it? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, and who does not trust in an idol, or swear by a false god, 
they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Anybody want to be blessed? What are the requirements? Clean hands, a pure heart, who doesn't put anything else before God, who doesn't put their trust in any idols. You're like, Pastor Landon, we don't have idols anymore. Like these statues. Oh, no, no, we do. We call them movie stars. We call it Netflix. We call it whatever that, that is in your life that takes priority over your time and effort toward your heavenly Father. Or swear by any false gods. They'll receive blessing from the Lord. Man, I want to be that person. And you know what? I'll tell you right now, I'm not always that person. And none of us are. But that's why Jesus came, shed His blood at Calvary on the cross for us. That now, because of Him, we have clean hands. We have a pure heart. That He teaches us each day to not put our trust in an idol or a fake God, but into Him. And you know what? He said, I will bless you. Hashtag blessed, right? On, uh, on May 25th, 2001, a man by the name of Eric, I can't pronounce his last name, reached the summit of Everest. You know, Everest is like 29,000 feet above sea level. It's a mountain. It's the highest mountain in the world. You know that only 2,000 people have ever summited that mountain? They call it the ceiling. They call it Earth's ceiling. And so we're looking at this scripture. I started thinking about mountains. You know, what's in, you know what's really interesting about Eric, though? He was blind. Everybody say, whoa. Hear your neighbor say, whoa. Eric was blind. But you know why he got to the top of that mountain and back and he's still living? And he's actually hit every peak and every continent on earth is because he was intentional and he planned it out and he was prepared for the task at hand. He was equipped. Church, we need to be intentional about our walk with Jesus. We need to be intentional about saying, I want to reach the top. You know, the Bible does say it's not by works so that no man can boast. But when we get saved, that's, that salvation is a free gift. But I believe we need to work out our what? What's the Bible say? We work out our what? Our salvation with fear and trembling. Wait, I have to be fearful of God? No, that's reverent fear. Right? He's our dad. We can call him dad. Jesus says, I've called you friend. So we don't fear our friends in that way, but we're, you, you get it, you get it. You know, when you are intentional over time, you will go places others won't. Isn't that awesome? So this Eric guy, he was, he was intentional over time, learning every... I watched a video about him, and he, they show him going up mountains, and he feels out the whole mountain as he goes, and he learns it, and he feels it out. And he was intentional. So as Christians, when we're intentional, we will go places others won't. Where others will just kind of, st I'm not climbing any mountain. That mountain looks too hard. I got to get up at 5.45 a.m. and go to prayer. I'm not doing that. 
You said, I got to fast something? No. I'm not putting you guys down that didn't come to prayer. I love you. You were praying at home. I, I believe it. But we need to take that step. Listen to what Proverbs 16.3 says. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and He will establish your plans. Kingdom builders are intentional with their life, with their time, with their treasure, and with their talents. Be intentional. Plan. Plan what you're going to do. Alright, number two. Everybody say number two. A blessed life requires sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. So we got a blessed life requires intentionality. We got a blessed life requires sacrifice. Oh no, we don't like this thing called sacrifice. Look, remember what verse 8 said in, in, the, in the beginning of our... It said, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. You know, it's a sacrifice to be pure. It really is, especially for young folks that aren't married. It's a sacrifice for you to be pure. You have to, to do maybe something different than the rest of those kids are doing in your school, right? Oh, they think premarital sex, oh, that's, nah, that's nothing. Do whatever you want to do. No, God is calling us to sacrifice. Amen? God's calling us to do the right thing. Purity, we talked about this this week. Purity, uh, if you went to get your wife a diamond, right? There's different, there's different um, scales that they, they consider pure. There's some cloudy diamonds. It gets less and then there's these crystal clear diamonds and they're really expensive. God's calling us to purity. Maybe that's what we watch, what we look at, how we speak. All of those things are important in God's kingdom for his kingdom people. Amen? He's calling us to purity. And you know what? It is going to be a sacrifice. But at the end of the day, we're going to have God's blessing rest in our life. Because we're willing to do something that not everybody else is willing to do. Let me ask you a question. Do you want God's blessing in your life? Yeah. All of us do. Look what Matthew 19, 29 to 30 says. says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or field or my sake receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. There is sacrifice in life. You know, I, I left my whole, my whole country. I'm from Canada. I left my whole country to do what God's called me to do. Looks like I'm going to be blessed. I like that. I like that promise. Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's some extreme stuff right there, isn't it? We need to be able to deny ourselves for what is greater, and that's following God. You know what? At the end of the day, you'll save yourself a whole lot of trouble. You're like, at right now, it's like, no, no, I really want to do whatever, you know, whatever it is that's your hang-up in life. I want to do whatever that is because it'll be so much better. And then you get down the road a little ways, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have made that decision. I should have went with what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. Um, I want to tell you this story. Anybody, um, wow, that wouldn't be good. Anybody ever been to a place called Chick-fil-A? Come on, 
Let's give it up for Chick-fil-A. Yes. We need to, if, listen, if there's a business person in this room, please get a Chick-fil-A in Frostproof. We got some land right out here. Listen, we'll get you, we'll get you hooked up with some land. We'll set you up with, with Chick-fil-A. But listen, from the beginning, the founder, Truett Cathy, who's, who's from Georgia, not too far from here, they, they never opened on Sunday. Ever. Yeah. A couple times for for um, a disaster where they, they would go and help people. But they literally have never opened their store on Sunday. Why? Because they want their people to be able to be part of a church. They want their people to be able to worship. They want their people to be able to serve in the community. And they want their people to have rest. Like the Bible says, right? And so Chick-fil-A is pretty cool, right? Anybody like Chick-fil-A? Man, they, they know what they're doing. And what's, what's really awesome about Chick-fil-A is this year they were named top fast food chain in the United States. Come on. Yeah. And you know what? There's not as many Chick-fil-A's as other chains. Um, they're not in every single town. But God continues to bless them because they say, we're going to put God first. You know that on average, every Chick-fil-A in America makes more than all of the other chains around them, including the big one, the, that one. Okay. Um, they make, on average, more than all of the other ones around them. And they only work six days. Do you think at the beginning it was kind of like, man, this is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to do the right thing. But in the end, as we see with Chick-fil-A, putting God first in his kingdom. Remember we did kingdom math last week, right? Five plus two doesn't equal seven, equals 5,000. Remainder 12. There was 12 baskets left over. God's math is totally different than our math. That's kingdom math. And so let's be a, a kingdom builders who say, I'm, I'm going to sacrifice. You know what's amazing too? There's a Super Bowl happening about six hours from here, seven hours from here, depending on if you, how fast you drive. In Chick-fil-A's hometown. Do you know there's a Chick-fil-A in that stadium? And they will not be open today. Because they do not bend to the culture. They do not bend their knee and say, oh, well, for this one time. Sacrifice is hard. But following Jesus is a blessing. Imagine if we could do that in our life. I believe God will make you so successful that you, don't, you won't know what to do with your time. You won't know what to do with... I'm not, a, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I don't know what you'll be able to do with your money if you put God first. He'll bless you. He'll keep pouring out. It says you'll pour out whatever you need. Amen? Look what Proverbs, before we get to the last one, look what Proverbs 22, uh, 1-2 to says. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. Listen, if you're rich this morning, if you're poor this morning, we all have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. I believe in America we're all rich, right? And, and there's been many times where people have come against Chick-fil-A and they said... It's alright. We'll do what we're called to do. 
Remember in, in the beginning when we talked about Jesus and his sermon, blessed? Listen to what verse 10 says. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, when I was a teenager, when I was growing up, I, I did start tithing at a young age. And I did start, any job I went to, I said, if this messes up me getting the job, it's okay. But I will not be working on Sunday. Now I work every Sunday, but. <laughs> but I said, this is my priority. I want to be in God's house on Sunday. And I know not everybody can do that. There's people in this room, you have to work on Sunday, provide for your family, and you take another day of rest. We're not going to be judgmental about that. We're not going to be legalistic about that, obviously, right? But we do need to have priorities, and we do need to sacrifice sometimes. A lot of times, right? Amen? So last one. Everybody say, last one. Last none. Jacob's going to come. And uh, a blessed life requires devotion. So we talked about intentionality. We talked about sacrifice. And then the last one is devotion. To be devoted to something is what it means. To dedicate time and effort to a certain thing. Mark, you know what? You know Jesus was devoted to his father? There would be crowds around. He's like, all right, peace. I'm going to pray. See y'all. Listen to what he says in the very beginning of Mark. Mark 1, 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house. Remember this, Jacob. This was you this week. Before it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He was devoted. Why? You're like, he's God. Why does he have to get up early and pray? Because at that moment, he was 100% us, human. He was 100% God. So if Jesus was devoted and we're Christ followers, should we not be devoted too? Amen? Now, a year ago this morning, there was a young man by the name of Nick Foles. He got up a little bit later than he normally did. You probably know him. He play, plays for the Eagles. Know that guy? He got up a little later than he normally did. About 9 a.m. He's like, normally I get up around 6, 6.30. Get up, got his coffee. Okay, remember, this is the day of the Super Bowl. Sits out his Bible and his journal, and he began to pray. Not that, oh God, would I please let me win the Super Bowl. He said, God, what do you want me to, what do you want me to read? And uh, he read a scripture. And he started journaling the scripture. And the scripture was Matthew 6.34. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So he, he got up at the beginning of his day and devoted Super Bowl Sunday to his king. And his king's name is Jesus. Went on later that day. He did something not as cool. But he became the first quarterback in Super Bowl history 
to not just throw a touchdown, but to catch a touchdown. To win the very first Super Bowl in Eagles franchise history. Isn't that awesome? Now, I'm not saying you're going to be a quarterback in the Super Bowl, but I'm saying we need to prioritize our devotion. What are we going to be devoted to? And I believe when we do that, that we'll see God's blessing in our life. Amen? Come on, let's stand this morning. Let's stop. Let's stop measuring our blessings by our material. Our, our, the stuff we have. Let's start putting action to what we hear here, what we listen, what we read in His Word daily, what we pray about. I want to challenge us this morning. Let's, let's be intentional with our faith in Jesus. Let's be intentional with, with everything that we do. Say, does this, good question, does this glorify God? That's a pretty easy question, right? Like, oh, I don't know what to do, Pastor Landon. Just ask yourself a question. Does this glorify God? Number two, be sacrificial. God is calling us to pick up our cross and follow Him. There's things that we may need to lay aside, to lay down for Him. But at the end of the day, I believe that He'll bless. He'll put His blessing, just like that mother and father put the blessing on a marriage. He'll put His blessing on our life. He'll mark our life with blessing. I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing resting on my life. Amen.